you're very welcome along. It is the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio. First Saturday in September. Porrick, good morning. Good morning, Deirdre Kelly. How are you? I am the finest. How are you today? I'm not too bad at all. Look at the day. Look at the fantastic day. The start of spring. The start of autumn, I should say. Did you just blow away the clouds this morning? it's going to be beautiful. And and the weather is promised great, I think, right up until uh, certainly all of most of next week, anyway, up until next weekend. And into milder temperatures, which is great because it has been quite chilly, quite cold. That wind, that northerly wind has certainly been uh, you'd need the pullover. You would well, well definitely. On, it was very you? autumnal the last yeah. couple of days, yeah. and you kind of had to have a little bit of heat on in the evening and stuff like yeah. that. And, and I was uh, actually visiting a few nurseries during the week and, and talking to the growers. They're. Um, Autumn certainly has come in with a bang. The trees are beginning to uh, lose their chlorophyll at the moment and, and you can see the autumnal colours Actually, coming Actually, I was out walking yesterday evening and I just down past my own road and the next thing is there's a... I can't remember now, you'll kill me for because I can't identify the tree, but it's like a sycamore or something yeah, like that. Yeah, probably sycamore, And yeah. the next thing is a leaf or two fell off it. And I thought, <laughs> oh, here we go. The sign of autumn. Yeah. So yeah, when you get that cooler temperatures and shorter day length, you're going to get that uh, autumn kind of kicks in. But hopefully now, if, if the temperatures remain at 14 and 16 degrees, Degrees, there's still going to be growth, and uh, we might get uh, an Indian summer, as they say, for September. Somebody asked me Which last nice. Saturday morning, what was an Indian winter like? Do they wonder? Ed, um, we've have we had a bad summer? You know, well, you you were <clears> saying you didn't feel it was quite that bad. I don't think it was that bad. I think what we had was a lack of sunshine. Really, I mean, we have had very few seaside days where people have skipped off to the sea, and and uh, you know, those really warm temperatures where you abandon the garden and you and, and you go to the seaside. So I think that the lack of sunshine really is the big factor this year. Yes, we've had more rainfall, but not an enormous amount of rain either so but it's really the lack of sunshine right. and you can see it in bedding plants you can see it you're chatting to me about sunflower plant flowers yeah just I, I have a neighbour who has lovely lovely sunflowers every year um, she's a much better gardener than I am um, but I noticed this year they're just not as big and there isn't as many of them yeah. you know the heads yeah. are there but they, they will still come I mean yeah. uh, sunflowers will flower up until the end of October right. until we get the really hard frost so unless we get an early frost they will continue to bloom okay. so if we go, do get some good weather plants like sunflowers will continue to come into flower they'll produce their seed and that seed will be available for for the for the birds later on in november and december so anybody with those sort of plants just leave them alone keep them staked continue to liquid feed indeed hanging baskets and window boxes i would still advise people to keep them very well watered because even a couple of days i was just looking at a couple of containers i have around the house myself mm. and they're dry already after just a few days of, of of dry weather so plants are still flowering they're still growing so keep an eye on them keep them well watered continue to liquid feed with something like the Osmo liquid feed and that'll keep plants flowering right through. The other thing we're seeing are tomato plants. There are loads of fruit on, on plants mm-hmm. but they're not ripening. They're still very green. green yeah. But again the, the key thing is to keep them really well watered keep them fed weekly with a high potash tomato feed and again if we get the sunshine you'd be amazed how quickly they'll start to ripen and the cherry tomatoes have been ripening but certainly the larger tomatoes are still very um, green but uh, during the week I had actually a neighbour of mine Benny Gibbons from Island 80 he popped up to me and it was a bag of vegetables and uh, it's lovely to get it, it was is. a surprise really but he had beautiful homegrown rooster potatoes oh, yum. he had onions I've never seen the likes of them. They were actually the size of a saucer. Huge onions. Okay, so uh, so show-winning uh, onions. Absolutely. Outstanding uh, onion. Uh, a variety called Bedfordshire Champion. It's a variety that he sows from seed in January every year under cloches or under a little bit of protection. Wow. Transplants them in March, but they were absolutely enormous. Fantastic uh, onion crop. Great beetroot. Again, the beetroot were the size of a saucer. Um, carrots, two feet long. <laughs> I'm not jesting. Uh, so a super so for certain plants, 
like the root crops, like yeah. parsnips, like uh, potatoes in particular this year, um, carrots, they have done exceptionally well because you've had high moisture levels and they've continued to grow through the, the summer period. Others then, like peas and beans, have just not been as successful. Right. So those that required lots of sunshine, particularly flowering or burying type, like the peas and beans, just are disappointing this year. Yep. Root crops where there's high moisture levels required, like cabbage, uh, they have done really well because they really haven't had a check to growth. They've done just well. well before, yeah. So it's been a mixed year, really. Right. The, 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 the key thing, really, as we come in now to September with soil conditions the way they are at the moment, there's lots for people to do in the garden. And it's a time of year, actually, just talking to Benny, he's actually a, a great gardener. He's a 60-year-old man, well, in his late 60s. He won't mind me saying that, but he fantastic vegetable garden in Island 80. But he was planting his onion sets, the right. Japanese onion sets, uh, which are the red sets that you get at this time of year. You plant them now. They grow during the winter season and they're ready for lifting then in April and May of next year. Things like garlic can be planted at this yes. time of year. So the bulbs are available in garden centres at the moment. Get those in now. You'll have terrific onion or uh, garlic right through the, the spring and summer of next year. But also the sowing of plants like spinach is available at the moment. The spring flowering or the spring uh, cabbage plants like April right. and Durham early, they're all available as plants now. Lettuce Little Gem, which is a lovely variety of small heading lettuce. Again, the plants can be planted. So for listeners that are maybe digging out potatoes over this weekend or harvesting some of their crop and they have a bit of bare soil, yeah. there's lots of autumn vegetables that if you plant them now, they'll actually grow during the winter season and be ready to crop in spring of next year. Indeed, a lot of them you can pick during the winter season like spinach and really they're all winter hardy as such they all are. those items so I mean failing frost, some extreme kind of conditions yeah. uh, they'll all come to they'll all then. come right through the, the winter period um, also the sowing of seed at this time of year so plants like Swiss chard can be sown from seed now there's actually quite a number of broad beans and pea varieties there's a variety of pea called meteor Think of the phone network, mm-hmm. the Meteor P. Stop advertising. Uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a, a really great variety. You sow it in the, directly into the garden soil at this time of year. It germinates. It'll germinate maybe in a three to four week period. The plants will be six or seven inches okay. high before early winter. And then they'll produce their crop in May and June and July of next year. They produce them really early and they're totally frost hardy. So I suppose the, the, the other great crop that you can sow it from seed this time of year are turnips and to harvest for the greens for the green leaves because turnip is in the same family as cabbage and the young leaves of of turnips taste like cabbage. So it's a nice crop to sow at this time of year. The the, the tubers will develop over the the winter period but you you harvest the young green shoots in springtime and then you can allow the the actual roots then to develop as turnips as as natural turnips. It doesn't need the leaves to be there to develop it. Well it it will but you you won't be cropping all the leaves. You'll be taking some leaves, going out and picking leaves on on a regular basis. So so plants like that, so the spinach, the cabbage, the lettuce, the onion sets and garlic, they're all available to plant now and then also to sow some seeds at this time of year I suppose is the the message and particularly with the temperatures we're having you know anything around the the 12 to 14, 16 degrees. Which is exactly where it is at the minute. Seed will germinate very rapidly even common plants like uh, um, sweet pea, the flowering sweet pea. If you sow it at this time of year, it will germinate in a couple of weeks' time. And again, there'll be strong plants going through the winter period, flowering then early next year. And the flowers tend to be larger and more colourful if you sow them in the autumn period. Right. So it's kind of using the, the heat that's in the soil, soil. Uh, to get plants to actually start to grow, to start to germinate, and, and just get a kick start on next year.
great. Okay, so so that's the kind of thing I'd be doing. The other key thing in terms of if you want to kind of propagate or sow plants is to take cuttings at this time of year. So if you've got some of your favourite uh, garden shrubs mm-hmm. or even things like common things like red geraniums can be taken from cuttings at this time of year um, and propagated very easily. And all you need is a small little tub of strike rooting powder. So it's a small tub, a tub will cost you a couple of euros. It'll do hundreds and hundreds of cuttings. So if you've got your favourite hydrangea, say, in the garden and you want to propagate it mm-hmm. from cutting, this is the time of year to do that. You simply take the cuttings about pencil length, pencil thickness, strip off all the leaves, strip off all the flowers, dip them into the rooting powder and insert them into a gritty compost. So get yourself a bag of GrowWise compost, mix a bit of perlite or sand through that so it's nice and gritty and insert the cuttings into a pot or into a tray or even directly out into the garden soil in a, in a trench. And taking cuttings at this time of year, they'll root within a four to six week period so they'll have rooted before the winter period and they'll give you very strong plants then for next year. So you're using nature's time. If you think what's happening in nature, plants are producing their own seed at this time of year. So of course it's a good time to sow a seed. So your sunflowers that we talked about, Mm. they're going to be producing their seeds in October, in late September, October. And many plants like lupins have produced their seed and cast their seed already. So autumn is always the time for regeneration, for starting fresh, for starting anew. It's nature's time to start. Um, And so we we kind of use that... uh, that, that momentum to sow seeds of plants that we want to grow next year. So fuchsias and hydrangeas and red geraniums can all be propagated from cuttings at this time of year. A really I, good time. Just You touched on something there which I know is a mistake I've made in the past and that would explain why things didn't root quite as well as I'd like them to on the cutting front is that you have to strip the leaves and the flowers you off. Do. So you're talking really you have a bare... A naked stem. You might leave one leaf at the very, very top. Okay. But, but you see, if you don't, it's like putting a cut flower in a vase. The flower itself is using water. The leaves are transpiring water. So the cutting just withers. Whereas if you stop, if you to remove the leaves so that it's a naked stem mm-hmm. that you're actually taking, then there's no very, very little loss of water. Right. So therefore, and the, the use of the rooting powder triggers, it's a hormone rooting powder, it triggers the actual stem to produce just roots. roots. And, and plants are, that's nature working at its be- mm. best because when a plant is damaged, it triggers itself into producing new roots to propagate itself again. So you're just mimicking that, really. Right. But it's just that the autumn, there's still heat in the soil. It's a really good time yeah. to take cuttings. And, and you've got a, a long period before they come into growth next spring. So they've got plenty of time to root, settle in, uh, and so on. And even things like uh, hedging plants, privet and escalonia yes. and laurel, they can all be slipped, as people used to say years okay, ago, yes, yeah. or, or take cuttings of them at this time of year. But the hormone rooting powder is important. So the sowing of seed, both vegetable and flower, the taking of cuttings, the other key thing I would be doing is tidying up hedges. Yeah, and particularly ra- if you haven't gotten around to it over uh, the summer. And that's it. And, and for many people, they like to leave the nesting period normally finishes. We, we generally leave it to the end of August. So this is a good time for things like Lelandii, Laurel, uh, Escalonia, Privet, to tidy them back now and prune them back. And what you'll actually find is they'll produce some new growth before we get into the depths of winter. So if you prune them now and trim them back now, they're going to put on maybe a couple of inches of growth and that kind of gives them a winter coat for the for the period, for the winter period. Yeah. But it also tidies them up and makes them look nice and neat and they won't need trimming till next summer again if you do it at this time of year. The other key thing is the lawns. The poor old lawn. The poor old lawn. And this is the time of year, really, that lawns do need to be fed, first of all, with yeah. an autumn feed. So I would use even just the, the regular Osmo that we, we recommend in the springtime is fantastic at this time of year. It gives a lovely green colour without forcing growth. growth. But I have a new product. There's a new product on the market for 
the, the Joel Dreaded Moss. Okay. It's a liquid product. Um, it's a product called Zero. Now, it won't be available until the middle of this coming week. Right. So it's coming in, into stock at the moment. But I've actually been trying it over since July. I've been and using it. what's the verdict? It's fantastic. And, and uh, what it is, basically, it's a liquid lawn moss treatment. So it's liquid. You mix it with water. You spray it onto your lawn with a washing can or a spray machine. Right. It works really rapidly. So within a day or two, it actually nips the, the moss and, and kills it off. It doesn't discolour the grass, so the grass still stays green, but the moss dies away. And particularly at this time of year, and particularly this year, there's a lot of moss around, both on paving slabs and, and gravel and tarmac. Yeah, but it's, it's fairly prevalent. Yeah, right, so it's, I noticed it. it's starting now. And rather than leaving it untreated and, and ringing us in March and April, yeah. as, as we'll be rang as, anyway, yes, yes. Which, where the problem is, <laughs> is tenfold, now is the time to start treating lawn moss and you'll find that zero product so it, it will be available from the middle of this week in garden centres um, from Tuesday Wednesday on um, it's just coming at the moment but I've been trying it and I've actually brought you some in so I want you to try it this week I, for I, me I, I, I don't know how you know I have moss in my lawn that it's not just a moss free lawn and I've taken excellent care of it yeah. all summer but, well there you go so <laughs> well I can try it out you try part. it out and, yeah. and try it because it works so rapidly by next Saturday you'll be able to report oh, no on excuses. it I'll have so, to go and do it now today. So, so look at that, that's the, in lawn terms of lawn care the feeding of lawns is important the control of moss is important um, and also if people want to repatch or re-sow lawns yes. this is the time of year because okay. again like the vegetable seed lawn seed will germinate at temperatures at 10 degrees and, and above so if if listeners want to put in a new lawn particularly with the weather weather is going to be promised dry and settled for the next week it's a perfect time to get in a lawn so if you sow a lawn at this time of year it will germinate between now and, and winter and you'll have a fantastic lawn going, going into March and April of next year so kind of rather than leaving it till next mm. March and maybe the weather being poor in yeah. March, this is a great time of year to sow so. lawns. So if you need to repatch, sow a new lawn, sow maybe a wildflower meadow, that, those sort of uh, tasks, are. this is the perfect time of year and the perfect weather conditions at the moment to do it. Okay, well, if the zero works as well as you say it is, I, I, I'm going to have a lot of get, get your, to I'm very happy with it. It works <laughs> right. really well. It's easy to use. Um, now, what you do, what, what I, I've used it twice on my own lawns. I'm going to use it through the winter period. You need to use it periodically during the winter period because what it does, it just nips the moss in the bud. Right. So it stops it becoming a problem in the lawn. It also gives a tonic to the lawn. The lawn takes on a lovely green a bluish green colour, um, so it's it it it, it revitalises and, okay. and makes the lawn really look. Um Healthy. I'm delighted with the results as well. So it'll be interesting to get your, yes, your comments I'll, on it I'll, next I'll, Saturday. I'll be, I'll be looking forward to giving it <clears> a go. Okay, so we, um, I know we've touched on a couple of things there. There's lots of people with queries coming into us already, Porik, as okay. we kind of expected. So what we're going to do is we'll take a quick break, if we Sounds may. Good. And we're going to start addressing listeners' questions. So if you have a query for Porik this morning, uh, whether it's to do with uh, garden activities over the summer or something you're thinking about for the autumn, uh, please feel free to give us a text. 087-900-4141 and Laura is taking calls with us on the programme today on 0818-3055 Sending good wishes to the Mayo team today from Joe and all the staff of the Merry Monk Ballina. Watch the game live on our big screen kick off at 5 for atmosphere complimentary finger food and live music celebrations Join us today at the Merry Monk Bar and Restaurant Calalaro Ballina. Up Mayo! Discover a treasure trove of exquisite jewellery and elegant giftware at Rouse's Jewellers, Pier Street, Ballina. With designer brands and luxurious jewels, we will help you express your own style and create a lifetime of precious memories. With the perfect gift for every possible occasion, 
Rouse's Jewelers. Have it all. Travelling to Dublin this weekend to see Dublin vs Mayo replay? Pop into Salamanca Tapas Bar and Restaurant on St Andrew Street beside Molly Malone for some great lunch and early bird deals. Salamanca offers the best tapas in the city and they're proud supporters of the Mayo team. Come on Mayo, let's finish what we started. Salamanca Tapas Bar and Restaurant on St Andrew Street beside Molly Malone. Be part of the great bulb exchange and watch your garden grow. Simply take your UCFL light bulbs to your local participating store and exchange them for beautiful flowering bulbs for free. Yes, for free. It's flower power for the 21st century. Go to bulbexchange.ie to locate your nearest store and and add more power to your flower. A recycling initiative by We Ireland, Lighting Europe and participating retailers while stocks last. We've just 10 seconds to tell you that more on furniture stores Ballina. Massive three-day sale ends today. So one word will do. Hurry! Many items reduced by 50% or more. More on furniture stores Ballina. Sale ends at 6pm. Most supermarkets these days don't feel very super at all. At Howley's Eurospar Dunmore, we try to put the super back by making shopping as easy and hassle-free as possible. The products you need at the prices you want and a friendly face to greet you whenever you pop in. Howley's Eurospar Dunmore, the super easy supermarket. Why not visit the Free Energy and Environmental Roadshow hosted by Your Energy this coming Saturday and Sunday. Speak to the experts on how to save money by saving energy. Free entry and competition on the day. Donations to Hand in Hand Children's Cancer Charity. So see you this weekend at the Your Energy Roadshow in the Brafie House Hotel Castle Bar, 10am to 5pm both days. At Super Value, we believe in making back to school that bit easier. So we're bringing you great quality with our 3 euro Irish meat sale. Whole chicken, succulent pork and and diced beef only three euro per pack or try a homemade shepherd's pie with a delicious lamb mince now only three euro visit in store and online for more inspirational recipe ideas super value we believe in value Gwell Kalosh the Command Rossport has a limited number of places left on its professional cookery PLC course practical experience provided in a commercial kitchen at the Gateway Leisure Bell Mullet the course is provided through the medium of English transport available contact 083 8407 or Olus at gcr.ie Now you're very welcome back. Right, where to start, Warwick? Well, we'll just start at the top and yes, we'll work our way through, I think. This, this there's, there's, a great, there's a great range of stuff. Uh, Red Robins, uh, shrubs, I know we might have touched on this briefly now already, um, but they, they're very overgrown. When is the best time to cut it back? Well, early spring with Red Robin, 14-year-old Robin, it's grown for its lovely red foliage, of course, mm. and that's contained in the young growth. So you could do a light trimming now, take maybe a foot or so off the top of them and just tidy them up for the winter. But any heavy pruning is better left with Fortinia until late March, early April, and once you prune it at that time of year, give it a good feed, and it'll it'll resprout again and regrow. It's the sort of plant that really needs to be trimmed from a young stage, Fortinia. So right. once you plant it, really an annual pruning back will uh, keep it young, mm. stop it overgrowing. And actually keep a lot better colour in the plant as well. So annual pruning is kind of cer- certainly highly advisable for Fortinia. And that's why it makes a really good hedge. Right. Great. Um, any idea how to stop wood lice coming into my house? I hate them, says Cathy. Well, remember with wood lice, they're there. They don't do any damage in, in the home. And they don't do really any damage in the garden as well. They tend to uh, feed off dead leaves and... and um, and that sort of thing. Mm. Getting them coming into the house, I know this time of year, and we often get it with the millipedes as well, any of the powders that control ants, so ant stop, or any of the ant powders, it's like flour in a, and it's basically an insecticide in a flower form or in a powder form. You put it wherever they're walking in, they pick it up in their bodies and that controls them. 
Okay. Uh, now, after the summer, my terracotta pots are green with Lovely. moss and scum. I kind of <laughs> like them when they're a bit like that. But anyway, that antique uh, what, look. But this, this listener doesn't. Okay. What, do, what do we use to clean them up and what can uh, the listener plant pots up with now, please? Right. Well, they're, they're obviously the terracotta pots. Mm. So I, you can use something like the pack, which is it's, it's very suitable for get rid of moss and algae on uh, the hard surfaces. any hard yeah. surface areas. You can power wash them off as well. It's easy enough to get the, the algae and the moss and the scum off the terracotta pots. This time of year, there's actually loads of colour available at the moment um, coming into really autumn colour. So things like garden mums are available at the moment. They're the chrysanthemum family. They're dwarf, very colourful. Cyclamen, which will flower right into the middle of the winter. There's lovely ornamental peppers at the moment. They're mm. grown for the fruits. So in the capsicum family mm. and the pepper family and they're planted in containers for long uh, edible fl- fruits. You can actually eat the fruit, but they're very, very decorative and very colourful. And they're in shades of reds and purples and yellows um, so they're quite nice mixed in with the chrysanthemums cyclamen violas pansies believe it or not all the bulbs are in tulips daffodils snowdrops <laughs> summer is definitely okay, gone right. so they've been in for the last three or four weeks so if you want to put a few bulbs in something like um, red riding hood is quite yeah. a nice variety it's a short variety um, or february gold is a lovely dwarf daffodil so put them into containers as well at this time of year but there's tons of plants available for autumn colour that are just coming into flower at the moment and that will flower through right through to Christmas and spring of next year um, so Visit your local garden centre. Yeah. There's plenty, plenty of colour no, available. No shortage of options. At no, all. no, no, no. Now, is it too mm. late? Terry is asking to reseed a back garden. No, like I said, mm. it's perfect time for sowing seed. I, I, we have this thing in our, I think, in our mind that you know, spring is is when everything is sown. And if you think about what nature is doing, I mean, the the meadow grasses, the wild meadow grass, is producing its seed. Um, so that tells you that this time of year is the time when nature is casting grass seed onto the soil. So it's a perfect time of year. And it's more about weather conditions rather than timing as such. So when you get five or six or seven dry days, as we're promised now over the next couple of, of, of days, it's perfect lawn sowing time. So tilling the soil, make sure you put in a pre-seeding fertiliser before you sow the lawn. Uh, firm the soil well down and mm. put in your, your seed. Actually, if you visit, visit my website, horkins.ie, go onto the blog page, uh, I have an article written on how to sow a lawn at this time of year. So it goes through the various steps in preparing the soil, what fertiliser to use, what seed to use. Uh, but but take it that if you need to repair a patch, patch of, yeah. in the garden or you want to sow a large lawn, it's perfect time of year. September is a great month. If we get the dry conditions, that's really what it's down to. Okay, so, th- so temperatures are perfect, weather conditions are perfect at the moment. So I would go out and do it. Too much. Yeah, and, and the lawn that germinates it will not be damaged during the winter period. Even if we get frost and a bit of snow, okay. it'll still be perfectly okay as we come into spring of next year. So don't worry about that aspect of it. The grass is hardy enough to tolerate the sort of. Uh, cold temperatures we'll have during the winter. Okay, now, uh, somebody has texted in, they're listening to us from a very wet London this morning. Good morning to everybody in uh, that part of the world today. They've moved recently and they got huge big lilies in the front garden. How do they keep them under control? Well, they sound like the arum lilies. Mm -hmm. Um, Zandicia, the the lovely arum lilies. Um, And they do, they tend to get, they can get very big, very bulky, but you can quite simply just dig them up, divide them. This is actually certainly within three to four weeks time as they go out of flower at the end of September early October is the time to divide lilies, to dig them up out of the soil. Yeah, because somebody was wondering how you go about <coughs> that actually. There's another question on dividing okay. lilies as well, well. Well, leave it until the end of, of September or even into the middle of October. Whilst they're flowering, enjoy them. But once they start to go back, that's the, tr- the trigger to dig them up, split them up, literally 
with a sharp spade, you can divide them in two or, or three pieces and give them away or plant them in another part of the garden. Um, Zendicia or, or arum lily is very tolerant of wet soils okay. or, you know, will do in kind of moist soils. So it's a very tolerant plant. It's actually a plant that will grow in ponds, believe it or not. So it'll actually grow with its feet in water. So it's a very, very versatile plant. Um, but it's certainly one that you do need to com- keep control of. And division, digging it up and splitting it in the wintertime is the best way to control it. And I'm sure you'll have plenty of neighbours that'll be delighted to take, take them off, them your, off hands. your hands. Yeah, it's a great plant. It's flowering since nearly June. It'll flower well into the winter. Even if we get a mild winter, it doesn't die back fully. Yeah. And it's there again next year. A great, great plant. And a great plant for wet, wet soils. Now, a couple of questions on apples today, right. I notice. Uh, I, nearly, I, I, I nearly tell you the, yeah, the question okay, before I, you, I, you I, say it. Go on. I'm guessing that there is an issue this year with regards to apples. Porik, why are there no apples on my trees this year? I fed them, pruned them loads last year. That's from a listener in Westport and I see somebody else has a similar question again. Poor performing apples. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's look at my own apples are exactly the same way. They're, this has been a disappointing year for apple trees. It's been, you know, if you think about it, May was probably the wettest, coldest month we had and that's when apples are in flower and they just didn't set as much fruit and those that did set fruit the fruit is very small this year and it's just a lack of sunshine really it's nothing that the listener has done right or wrong sometimes when you prune apple trees heavy in one year and feed them you tend to get a lot of leafy growth Mm. a long extension growth that should be pruned back at this time of year so if your trees made two or three feet of growth shorten that back by two thirds. So if they made three feet of growth, you're taking off two feet and only leaving a foot of the new growth behind. Right. So this is a good time of year to actually start trimming them back. And, and because it, what it actually does in, during the summer months or during the autumn months is help to put them on a bit of a diet. It actually gives them a little bit of a shock and it triggers the tree into producing flower buds between now and springtime. So it's a good time of year to actually summer prune, as we call it, apple trees and that have made a lot of whippy growth. So it's nothing that people have done wrong. It's just down to the year. It's been a poor year for pears, plums and apples in particular. A fantastic year for blackcurrants, gooseberries, rhubarb okay. has done relatively well this year. You know, so it's funny how things, yeah. the berries, the blueberries as well are fruiting very well at the moment. So certain plants have done exceptionally well and others like particularly top fruit this year like apples, pears and plums have just, I think there's one plum I see on my six plum trees. That's a bit, that's a bit disappointing. <laughs> and the wasp has got to it already. Of course it so has. it's just one of those years. Right. It's just it's just down to weather okay, conditions to okay. be honest. Yeah. Well I suppose that's the thing about, you know, gardening and seasons and you nature. know the food production that you have to kind of roll with the seasons. Uh, of course and, you do. You know, and next, next year it'll be a bumper crop, what yeah. do you say? You heard it here first. <laughs> now, Mary tells us that she's got a verbena flowering uh, verbena, in the garden yeah. at the moment. Uh, she's wondering, can she take slips of this plant? She'd like to share it with her mum. Yeah, and How verbena, do we do it? Well, quite easily, and it's a good time of year. Verbena, it's par- probably uh, Bonneriensis, the lovely purple flowering variety. It's a perennial plant. It flowers every year. And now is a good time to actually take cuttings of many perennial plants, but, but with verbenas. So all you do is, I, I mentioned before with the hydrangeas, taking them about pencil length. With verbena, I take them shorter, only four or five inches in length. Again, strip off the leaves, take off the flowers, a little bit of rooting powder, get yourself a six or seven inch pot and into that you'll put a dozen, maybe 20 cuttings, cover them with a polythene bag, sit them on a windowsill, they'll root in a three to four week period and you can give them to your mother then. But other, it's a good time of year for herbaceous plants in general, like penstemons can be taken from cuttings now. So if you've got some, you know, those kind of cottage garden plants Uh in the garden, they do propagate very easily from Cuttings, young wood, nice kind of only short four inch, five inch cuttings, strip off the leaves into the rooting powder and away you go. 
Now, my cauliflower are just forming, but they're beginning to bolt and go brown. What might be causing this? It's classic signs of boron deficiency. We often get it in, uh, you'd often hear me talking about swades and turnips where they mm-hmm. go boast in the centre. Yeah. And of course, cauliflower and, and cabbage are in the same family as swades and turnips, and they suffer from boron deficiency. So browning of, of the, what we call the curd is the central part of the cauliflower. Yes. When you see it going brown and discoloration, that's a sure sign of boron deficiency. Now, if you feed next year, it, there's nothing you can do this year. They, the, those that have gone that way are just, just put them onto the compost heap, get rid of them. Um, the, for next year, if you use a fertiliser called Vitex Q4, which has boron added to the to the actual fertiliser mix. Put that into the soil before you plant your cauliflowers and you have absolutely no problem at all. Or you can get it in a liquid form as well, Vitex Q4. Um, so again, when during the growing season, you can put it on as a drench, as a feed. And it has boron. Boron is one of the minor elements, um, micro, micronutrients that, that cabbages and cauliflowers in particular and turnips need. And right. when you get that boasting or browning of the heads is a sure sign that boron isn't in the soil. Now you could get the, the soil tested as well but it tends to be it tends to be on high limey soils you get, you get boron deficiency. So that's what it is. Okay. Nothing you've done, right, you know, it's just an element that's it's missing from the soil. soil. And, and that's the problem. You've grown the crop for the whole season yeah. and then it's, know, only at the, it's only then yeah. that you can actually find out that yeah. it's so deficient. Typically where you're growing cauliflowers, turnips and suede, it is advisable to feed with a fertiliser that contains boron, just as a matter of okay. fact. Or do a little soil test before you go planting. Do a planting. soil test by all means, yeah. yeah. Get a soil tested if you want and, and it will indicate the presence of boron or not. I know, because it's very disappointing Isn't it? after all after that. After all and that. Then there you go, that's, yeah. that, that's the outcome. Um, okay, one more and we'll have a quick little break then. What's the quickest and best way to store vegetables? Well, it depends, depends what on the it depends on the vegetable. Sorry, carrots, parsnips, onions, and brackets. Sorry, okay. Well, onions, onions first of all should be dried, it's, and they're very green at the moment. So I would still leave them in the soil for another two or three weeks. Allow this sunshine, hopefully, that we're going to get to start to ripen them. As soon as the necks start to to bend down, that's an indication they should be lifted. And really, they should be. Tr- you try to get the moisture content as low as possible, a, a little bit like they do with drying wheat or barley. So if you have a greenhouse, a tunnel. Uh, somewhere that the sun can get at them but the rain, you keep the rain off them or maybe a hay shed, that the onions can dry let the weather at them, let them dry as much as possible before you hang them up and then it's a matter of just hang them up in a a cool frost-free location. With carrots and parsnips, again, they'll stay in the ground parsnips are better actually left in the ground to allow the frost to get at them so you can often leave parsnips in the ground till February and they actually taste a whole lot better from leaving them. Yeah, they are actually. The the frost has that effect on them. For carrots, again, you can leave them certainly till the middle of October without lifting them. But Mm. if you do want to lift them, you can take them up this time of year. I would leave the soil on them. Just take off the greens and store them in a damp sand or damp peat in a a dark, frost-free area. Or people will often even store them outdoors and clamp them, which is making kind of like a raised... A bed or a raised clamp where you use the soil to actually store them. So you lift the carrots, you put a bed of soil, but maybe put down a little bit of hay or rushes yeah. or something to sit the carrots on and put soil over them and build them up into a, what they call a clamp and they'll store sure. it like that as well. So anytime, it's a little early yet, but certainly as we go into late September, that's the time to start storing. Okay, great. We, we are going to take a quick break back again with a few more questions after these. 
sending good wishes to the Mayo team today from Joe and all the staff of the Merry Monk Ballina. Watch the game live on our big screen. Kick off at five for atmosphere, complimentary finger food and live music celebrations. Join us today at the Merry Monk Bar and Restaurant Calalaro Ballina. Up Mayo! The award-winning four-star Talbot Hotel at the heart of all things wild, nestled in the friendly town of Belmullet. Tantalise your taste buds with delicious food in our award-winning AA Rosette Barony restaurant or try our special Sunday lunch menu in Talbot Seafood Bar. Call us today 097 20484, thetalbothotel.ie or follow us on Facebook. The Talbot Hotel, another world. For great home and garden improvement ideas, drop into KBK Groundworks Calalaro Ballina. We can advise you in all aspects of paving and decorative stone for patios or driveways. Decorate your garden in style with our fabulous range of garden furniture and gardening essentials. We also specialise in the supply of cladding for fireplaces and walls, interior and exterior. kbkstone.ie for more details or 096-78609. If cats could talk, they'd ask you to call in to Pet Stop Discount Warehouse and Fuel Centres, Ballina, Castlebar and Sligo today. Kitty Cat Cat Food, 2 kilogram, normal price 7 99 our price 3 99 For the perfect cat food at the best prices, call to Pet Stop Discount Warehouse and Fuel Centre, Ballina, Castlebar and Sligo today. Priced for pets. The Newman Institute Ballina invites applications for the Certificate in Theology and Community Involvement, a one-year part-time course in association with St. Angela's College Sligo and accredited by NUIG. Classes beginning on October 9th, closing date for application September 25th, 096-720-66. Are you studying for exams or training hard? Get focused with Eskimo Brain 369, Ireland's purest Omega-3. With benefits for your heart, brain and vision, you'll reach peak performance in no time. So if you want to keep focused and fit for life, try Eskimo Brain 369. Your body will thank you for it. Available in your local health store or pharmacy. Eskimo3.ie D2 at the Harcourt Hotel Dublin. Mayo's home away from home brings you two floors of great music with special guest Hot Fuss playing live this Saturday night. Free in if you're wearing your county colours before midnight on Saturday night. D2, the only place to party before and after the big match against Dublin. Travelling to Dublin for the replay? For fine food and live music, a visit to Nancy Hans Bar and Restaurant on Park 8th Street is a home away from home for all Mayo fans. Serving bar food, early lunch, a la carte menus with live music. Make your way to Nancy Hans Bar and Restaurant this weekend. Five minutes from Euston Station. End of season lawnmower sale now on at McHale's in Springfield Castle Bar. Your official Husqvarna and Honda dealer. Call 094 902 7896. Sheds might all look the same, but at DG Roofing Williamstown, we supply everything for your shed. CE approved using the highest grade materials combined with our wealth of experience and knowledge. DG Roofing Williamstown are both manufacturers and suppliers of metal roof cladding in a range of colours. Timber and metal purlines, gutters, flashings and all accessories for domestic, agricultural and industrial use. Call DG Roofing today on 094 96 DG Roofing Williamstown. Better, stronger, affordable. Now you're very welcome back. Okay, we might talk about uh, a couple of lawn questions, Mark. Okay. Uh, in um, issues with docks, thistles, oh, yeah. uh, and can them. you mention the moss <laughs> uh, product again, if you don't mind? Well, uh, first of all, in, in in this time of year, and as we come into autumn, actually, it's a, it's a good idea to control weeds. Um, and you know, using you'll find that uh, applying general weed killers, particularly in the month of September, you'd get a very good kill from plants because plants are naturally beginning to die back so they they seem to be more susceptible Mm. 
Um, in lawns, you'll find things like thistles and docks have a taproot system and dandelions. So they have, a, yeah. they have a storage system, as it were, and can be a little bit more troublesome or, or difficult to get rid of. The key thing is to allow, do, don't spray the weeds when they're just after mowing. So leave the lawn to grow on for maybe seven to ten days. Allow right. the weeds to come forward. All the better if you feed the lawn, first of all, because you're encouraging the weeds to, to grow as well and become soft. So if you were to feed the lawn today, I would leave it a week to ten days without mowing. And then use something like Dicoflower or one of the traditional autumn or uh, um, lawn weed killer products that will kill broadleaf weeds. So allow the docks to show plenty of leaf and then hit it with one of the proprietary right. weed killers, uh, lawn weed killers, of course. Um, leave it for three or four days and you'll get a very good kill from that. Now, because they have a storage route, you may need to reapply next March or April, but you should get a very good kill at this time of year on dandelions, daisies, um, docks, thistles, that those, sort of thing. Kind of so the key thing is to is feed it, allow it to grow, treat it, and then mow it about two or three days later, and that'll certainly eliminate a lot of the weeds. Um, the zero was the was the moss control. Remember, that's not going to be in the stores until Tuesday or Wednesday of of this coming week. But um, you'll find very good results with that, um, and we'll feature it again next yes, next Saturday. I'll I, I got, got to test run it. You a test bit it, and the you week tell and us. I have a couple well of lovely works. mossy patches first. So Great. We'll see how well it does. Now, a listener would like to clean out a greenhouse. They've had lots of potatoes and vegetables growing in it all summer. Uh, they're wondering. Is there a spray they can use to clean out those pests? Well, if you just really, I mean, it's a great time of year to tidy up the greenhouse, certainly if you're harvesting uh, potatoes and those the early crops. Um, what I would use is one of the little smoke bombs. Um, you can get one called Fumer P, which is a simple little canister. But, so the idea is that you, you close up the greenhouse, do whatever harvesting of fruit you have, tidy up the greenhouse as best as possible, and then get yourself a little canister. It's called Fumer P. You simply light the fuse, walk away from it from two or three hours, just seal up the greenhouse, close okay. all the doors and windows. That, the smoke, it creates a smoke and the smoke contains an insecticide that gets into the cracks and crevices. So if there's any aphids or green fly hibernating or beginning to crawl into those cracks and crevices, it gets, it gets in there and that controls them. You ventilate the greenhouse two hours later and that's it pretty much fumigated and ready to start for next year. And, and you can use the greenhouse at this time of year to sow many of the plants that we featured already. You know, even, you know, the, the, the likes of the lettuces and, and so on, you can plant. Actually, it brings to mind Christmas potatoes. Right. It's at this time of year. That we'd start that, be sowing those. Yeah. Have you heard of those before? I have, I think. Oh. Yes, I've never, I've never had Christmas <laughs> okay. potatoes. Well, this time of year, there's actually seed potatoes available for planting. Now, you need a greenhouse or a tunnel. And the idea is you get a pot or a tub or a raised bed, fill it with compost, put in a few of the, the potato seeds. So you, the varieties like Charlotte, which is a lovely um, salad potato, or Duke of York, which is a really nice early potato. And you grow them at this time of year undercover and they produce a fantastic crop by the end of November, early December. And then you can go out on Christmas Day and, and lift your new potatoes and bring them in and put them into the pot. You can use them any time from the end of November through till January or February even. So it's just a novel crop if people want to try something different and particularly if they've got a spare greenhouse. Right. Um, it would be an ideal crop just to put in. So they're available in garden centres at the moment, small, maybe seven or eight tubers in a pot and you put them all into the one pot in two layers and uh, just add water and keep them fed and they'll kick into growth and produce you fantastic thin skinned exactly the same as, as you'd harvest in mm. in uh, May and June so exactly the same the potatoes are fooled into thinking it's still spring and summertime and, yeah. 
and they produce a nice crop. So that's something different as well people could try. Now, we had a, an email in from a, a listener in Swinford okay. um, and it's to do with the pond. Uh, it's fairly fairly sizable looking pond. Yeah, look at the pictures. Yeah. Lovely. So they've reeds growing in the pond and they'd like to get rid of them and they'd be grateful if you could give us a little bit of advice. Well, look, they do at have it. fish in the pond now. Okay, so, great. Yeah. Well, the um, I mean, it's a very natural pond. I would be inclined to say leave the reeds in the in the because they're part part of the eco cycle and they're adding oxygen to the water for for the fish. But if you want to get rid of them, it's a simple matter of putting on the waders, going out into the middle of the pond getting a, a scythe or right. something sharp and cutting the reeds right at ground level. So you cannot put on an E or I wouldn't like to see a listener putting on um, herbicides or weed killers in a pond area like that mm. because you know it can be and damaging it's kind to of the a, fish. it's kind of a natural parkland looking pond. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would leave that. Like the, to me the reeds are a perfect addition to the pond. If anything, you know, people plant them into ponds. So and I think it looks aesthetically, it looks really well. It's part of that natural uh, eco system yeah. that has been set up there. There is a bit of algae on the water and if you if the listener wanted to treat that they certainly could you can use um, some barley straw, straw treatment at this time of year we'll get rid of that but apart from that I'd be inclined to leave the reeds in the centre of the pond occasionally they'll need a bit of thinning to mm. thin them out but and that's a matter of just getting into the pond and, and cutting them cutting them back rather than using any herbicides Okay, they, I suppose the listener probably would like to have, um, you know, a whole water expanse on the pond rather than. Oh well, that's yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And if you do, and then I'd say it's, uh, maybe that's where where, where Okay, going well then, from. if that's what the, what the goal is, well then certainly you can remove the reeds by just going out and putting Ouch. that soil level, at ground level. Okay, now back to potatoes again for a second, yeah. uh, and I think there's a couple of questions, and so we must have an issue with uh, small slugs on potatoes. Uh, they don't appear to be wireworm. We're told uh, it's the first time for potatoes to be grown in the ground. They're small slugs, um, and they're wondering would there be a treatment to make sure it doesn't. Well, that's again. the potato slug, and of course he yes. has loved this summer because with the high moisture levels, slugs have been have had a great season. And mm. um, the black slug is it attacks potatoes and and lives underneath the soil, so it's a specific pest of potatoes. Unfortunately, there's no pellet or treatment that you can add to the soil unfortunately. To avoid it, what you use or try to do for next year is grow early varieties. So varieties that you're digging out of the soil by the middle of or early June. June, kind of the middle of June. So varieties like Home Guard, Duke of York, Sharps Express all those first early varieties if you grow those, they tend not to suffer from slug damage because the slug is more of a problem from July on the main crop varieties like Curse Pinks and Records and uh, Roosters and so on. Um, So Really, that's the only advice I can give them is to grow an early variety. Some some varieties are slug resistant or, or you know, they tend to have a um, more resistance to the slug. So right. the slug favours certain varieties like Curse Pink, just absolutely loves Curse Pink because it's such a soft variety. But others like Pentland Javelin would be more slug resistant. So right. you could look next spring for some of the slug resistant varieties. Now that doesn't mean that they're not going to, you'll get some damage on them, but they won't be as yes, devastated right. as thing. Or else grow the early crop, the early varieties. Or grow in a different patch of ground? Yeah, you can try that. But, you know, the black slug tends to be, uh, just because you grow it in you in you piece of ground doesn't necessarily mean you won't have it. Okay. It's a soil-borne pest. Because the potato's in the ground mm. for so long, of course, it's going to target it and damage yeah. it. Now, for a school project, uh, a listener would like some ideas to do with children for their nature table, seeds, etc., um, that they can sow now, please. Well, well, there's lots, like I said, there's lots. I mean, the thing about a classroom is it's lovely and warm, from my memories, that's the way it used to be. Fantastic light getting into the classroom, plant, plant, 
fantastic warmth from the radiators and heaters. So you've got the perfect environment for sowing seeds of plants. So many of the plants that we mentioned already, um, you know, things things that will flower next spring and summer. So I would be thinking of things like English marigolds would be great. You could plant, sow the sweet pea plants because when they grow, they're tall and gangly and, and they're, you know, a little bit different and quirky. Mm-hmm. Um, they could grow things like lupins, foxgloves. Um, you know the, the, the seeds I gave you a couple of years ago, the easy, easy, grow, easy yeah, flowers. Easy, yeah. yeah. That would be a good collection that they could actually sow out of doors mm. at this time of year. And again, so maybe sowing some seed inside, sowing some outside. Things even like mustard or cress will germinate within a couple of days. They'll germinate in tissue paper or in water um, or in soil. So all of those sort of, any of the seeds really at this time of year could be sown just as a novelty item. Um, but particularly things that would flower next year for them, like the sweet peas, the English marigolds. Poached egg plant would be one. Mm. Limnanthus, it's got, it's like a poached egg. Right, so the kids would love that. Uh, sow the seed at this time of year, it comes into flower in April and May. It's exactly like a fried egg, like a, po- like a poached egg. Um, yellow in the centre, white. Loved by butterflies and bees. All the wildflower seeds that... Um, bees are attracted to could be sown at this time of year or any of the green manures like phacelia remember that plant that i always talk about the bees love that plant you could sow it from seed out of doors at this time of year it will come into flower in the schoolyard in april and may of next year when the children are still at school and it'll bring in the hoverflies and the bees and the butterflies so you know all that the other thing that that schools could be doing is thinking about feeding birds Yes, because I suppose, you know, you can plant the plants, but you can also have lots more going on as well as a result of them being there. Yeah, so this time of year is is when we start feeding uh, the garden songbirds. So peanuts, wild bird food, all of that, sunflower hearts, all of that should be can be provided. Okay. Uh, I'm going to stay with uh, children for just a moment, Pork. Sunflowers that were sown from seed by my children, they were Russian giant variety. Great variety, yeah. Um, they grew huge, but the flowers are only coming out. So they're wondering, should they feed them and how long will yeah, they last just con- now? Con- continue to. With the last up until we get the severe frost. And with sunflowers, you allow even the frost to kill them back. But you will, you don't cut them back even at that stage because the birds will come and fee- feed off the seeds that they produce. So I would just leave them well enough alone and continue to feed them with a, a high potash feed, like a tomato feed or the Osmo um, liquid feed. And... Uh, you know, hopefully we get a good, nice, mild autumn. They'll come into flower in September. They'll produce their seed in October and the birds will come and feed off those seed. And indeed, the children can save some of the seed. You can gather the seed in October, keep it indoors and sow it in January indoors on a windowsill and it'll give you lovely new plants for next year. Great. Now, what's the best way to keep begonias over the winter? Well, begonias are still flowering beautifully, so they leave are, them yeah, leave them alone. Beautiful. I mean, they, they have loved this summer. The cool temperatures have um, favoured begonias, so they're still flowering. Um, so leave them alone for at least another six weeks. Wait till the frost kills them back. At that stage then, begonias form a tuber, um, a kind of a, a hairy tuber. And it's a matter of just storing that tuber for the winter. So once the frost has killed them back, lift the tuber, take all the stems off them, take all the compost off them, put them into a little bit of green sulphur, which is a a fungicide that helps to protect bulbs. So if you're storing dahlias or begonias or any bulbs for the winter period, just put a little bit of that fungicide on them and then store them in a frost-free location. Plant them up then next February and March indoors and start the whole cycle off again. Hi, Porik. Just wondering, uh, I have a very heavy wet clay at a wall. I'd love to do a lovely spring flower display along the wall. Okay. Should I put down some Great. stone chippings? I was going to use the multi-compost and farmyard farm manure. Sorry, I can't oh, get the words good. out. 
what do you think? <laughs> well, I think you're, they're, they're certainly All thinking the right good. way. Yes. So if the soil is wet, it needs to be it needs to be lightened up. So the addition of organic matter, the addition of compost and the addition of grit is a perfect mix to dig into the soil and that will help to aerate it and improve the drainage. Then I would consider, because it's against a wall, maybe some of the cottage garden plants, some lovely plants in flower at the moment, things like phlox, dwarf varieties of phlox, which is a perennial plant that flowers every year. Beautiful plant. Echinacea, which is flowering oh. at the moment. It comes in, you know, the echinacea yeah, that herb. Yeah, take for, yeah. for a cold. Yeah, well, that, that, that comes from the flower echinacea, which is flowering at the moment. There's some beautiful varieties. Rudbeckia, which is another lovely plant. Um, I was looking at it last night, just coming into flower at the moment. So there's lots of autumn flowering asters, um, there's the chrysanthemums. They come year after year. The arum lilies that we talked at the top of the mm-hmm. program, fantastic in a in a in a wet, uh, high moisture soil. So there's a whole range of cottage garden plants that pl- you can plant at this time of year. They're still in flower, and they'll flower every year from midsummer through to you know midwinter, and and come back year after year, and they're trouble free. So look for those in the garden centres. They're cottage garden plants that come back year after year. They'll bring you back to. Your childhood. Your childhood. And it, the great thing about them is flocks, people will, older people will know the flocks plant as a tall, sometimes gangly plant. Yes. With, with modern growing, modern methods, there's some lovely dwarf varieties that are a lot more sturdy, better flowers. Right. So the, the plant has still remained, but the, they just Im- have improved the genetics. Right. They're, t- <laughs> they're a bit chunkier where they they're need to be. They're chunkier, they're bushier, they're bigger flowers, okay. just nicer, less problems with disease and so on. So even with the echinacea, that tends to be a tall, but there's some beautiful dwarf varieties. The ones I was looking at last night were only maybe a foot in height. Okay. Big daisy flowers, fantastic, beautiful. So great time to plant. Uh, cottage garden plants in the garden but okay. doing they're doing exactly the right thing in preparing the soil right first of all getting in the plants and, and away they go Okay final question we're going to end with roses this morning okay. and a listener has roses they're covered in black and brown spots this year they did use the rose clear uh, yeah, okay. and yet they have problems uh, yeah. and look at it's been a year for disease like a lot of mildew around a lot of black spot around um, it's just one of those years where we've there are a lot of problems on plants look at I wouldn't worry too much about them. Roses are still flowering at the moment. You can still give them a bit of a liquid feed. Um, they continue to flower up until mid-November. It's at that time of year then you prune them hard back and start the process all over again. Next year, try the garlic wonder. Try the garlic treatment. Okay. We're, we're getting great success from the use of garlic. It's a garlic, it's a liquid substance, uh, both on vegetables and flowering plants, and particularly on roses. It tends to build resilience and, and disease resistance in them. And particularly in a year like this, it, there, any, any of those treated with the garlic wonder have done very well this year. So, look, don't, I wouldn't worry too much about them. Allow, continue to let them flower away, continue to feed them. Continue to dead head plants. Right, to yes. Remove the old flowers from yeah, plants. because they're not finished. No, they're not. And, and this sort of weather, they're just tri- kicked back into growth again. Okay, we're going to have to leave it there for this morning. Okay, so but next week you have to give us a report yes, okay. on... Okay, I'll have to... Make sure you have it done. <laughs> <laughs> this today now, the minute I go home, before football takes over. Exactly. Porrick, thanks indeed thanks, for Georgia. all of that. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, that's my lot. This morning, uh, Michael Neary is coming live from uh, Castle Bar and Energy uh, Solutions, I think, there in Castle Bar this uh, morning. Uh, I'll be back again next Saturday. The best of luck this afternoon to everybody and indeed tomorrow as well if you're from uh, County Galway. We wish you the very best of luck. That's it. Uh, Stand by. News is next.